Section thirty three of the Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume ten. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by phone. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume ten, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. L'envoi. Here end, to my sorrow, the labours of a quarter century, and here I must perforce say with the poet's poet, Behold, I see the haven nigh at hand, to which I mean my weary course to bend, veer the main sheet and bear up with the land, the which afore is fairly to be kenned. Nothing of importance now indeed remains for me but briefly to estimate the character of my work, and to take cordial leave of my readers, thanking them for the interest they have accorded to these volumes, and for enabling me thus successfully to complete the decade. Without pewter malice or over-diffidence, I would claim to have fulfilled the promise contained in my foreword. The anthropological notes and notelets, which not only illustrate and read between the lines of the text, but assist the student of Muslim life and of Arabo-Egyptian manners, customs, and language in a multitude of manners shunned by books, form a repertory of Eastern knowledge in its esoteric phase, sexual as well as social. To assert that such lore is unnecessary is to state, as every traveller knows, an absurdum. Few phenomena are more startling than the vision of a venerable infant who has lived half his long life in the midst of the wildest anthropological vagaries and monstrosities, and yet who absolutely ignores all that India or Burma enacts under his very eyes. This is cross ignorance, not the naive innocence of St. Francis, who, seeing a man and a maid in a dark corner, raised his hands to heaven and thanked the Lord that there was still in the world so much of Christian charity. Against such lack of knowledge my notes are a protest, and I may claim success despite the difficulty of the task. A traveller familiar with Syria and Palestine, her Landberg, writes, La plume refuserait non service, la langue serait insuffisant, si celui qui connaît la vie de tous les jours des orientaux, surtout des classes élevées, voulait la dévoiler. L'Europe est bien loin d'en avoir la moindre idée. In this matter I have done my best, at a time too when the hapless English traveller is expected to write like a young lady for young ladies, and never to notice what underlies the most superficial stratum. And I also maintain that the free treatment of topics usually tabooed and held to be alecta, unknown and unfitted for publicity, will be a national benefit to an empire of opinion, whose very bases and buttresses are a thorough knowledge by the rulers of the ruled. Men have been crowned with gold in the capital for lesser services rendered to the Respublica. That the work contains errors, shortcomings, and many elapses, I am the first and foremost to declare. Yet in justice to myself, I must also notice that the maculae are few and far between. Even the most unfriendly and interested critics have failed to point out an abnormal number of slips. 
and before pronouncing the vos plaudite, or as Easterns more politely say, I implore that my poor name may be raised aloft on the tongue of praise. Let me invoke the fair field and courteous favour which the Persian poet expected from his readers. Veil it, and fault thou find, nor jibe nor jeer. None may be found of faults and failings clear. Richard F. Burton, Athenaeum Club, September 30, 86 End of section 33 Recording by phone End of the Book of the Thousand Nights and the Night, Volume 10, by Anonymous Translated by Richard Francis Burton